Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, happy Halloween here on this Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. It is 3.09 here in the studio in Pittston, 47 degrees and cloudy. A little sun was outside when I came in, so I'm not sure what it's out there right now, but it says it's cloudy, so that's what I'll stick with. You're listening to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM or 910 and 980 AM or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show, and you can download it, listen whenever you want to listen. Getting some really good results on the podcast. I appreciate you guys. And all the podcast is is the show broken down into three 35-minute segments, and you can listen to the show you missed on the radio that day. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature-controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. So what are your plans for this evening or today? I um, would imagine the most of you listening or working or retired and listening or home from work, listening at work. Who knows? But do you have any plans for the night? Let's uh, check in and see what, what's going on. We're going to do a mix of, uh, you know, what's happening locally, nationally, and in the world and throw some Halloween stuff in. I'm not a big Halloween person, so obviously I'm not wearing any costume or anything today. Not Not my thing. But, uh, you know, we kind of mix it up a little bit. Some good Got some good bumper music coming in for the show today. I, I just saw on uh, Fox News that out in Pittsburgh, out in the western, western part of PA, I would imagine it's near Pittsburgh, John Fetterman was having an event, and a college law professor got in his face to uh, reprimand him about his stance on Israel with the war with Hamas. And an individual that was attending the event, dressed like John Fetterman, I would imagine for Halloween, threw the professor out. <laughs> it's quite funny. The, the professor obviously had it set up. He had someone there videoing it and had you know, a couple people with him to make sure he got it for his content. And as soon as he was thrown out, there were two police officers right outside the event. And he's screaming, they assaulted me, they assaulted me. And they said, no, he got in the senator's face. The senator said it wasn't the appropriate time. For him to get in his face and you know he was trying to stuff flyers in him and he had his uh that white and black covering that we see a lot of uh the people who support palestine wear i, I don't even know the name of it but he had that stuffed in his jacket pocket and it was obviously there for a confrontation because he was ready with his camera to get it with a, with someone filming but it was funny that someone dressed as john fetterman for halloween threw the guy out and said i'm not gonna let you berate my senator and uh, he really meant it. He was dressed uh, like his senator. And in, in the law professor's uh, defense, not that there's much defense because, you know, it was the appropriate time to get in his face. And then, you know, these individuals, th th there's a difference between having a conversation and getting in someone's face. And, uh, you know, we're at a day and age where a lot of people should uh, heed caution about getting in someone's face. You want to have a conversation, that's fine. That's your right to to talk to whoever you want and have a conversation. But when you start getting in someone's face and getting pushy and shoving on them, all bets are off at that point. You uh, you interfere with that bubble. But, I, you know, I found it funny. And it, you can find the video. It's on social media. I believe Fox News covered it. And uh, in support of John Fetterman, that, you know, as people handled it and said it was it's funny, someone dressed as John Fetterman with his Carhartt sweatshirt and shorts and hat turns back backwards, grabbed the professor and threw him out of the establishment, says, you're no longer welcome here. And uh, that was that. And these these college professors, especially this this law professor who happened to be this one, they uh, really need to get their their uh, 
themselves checked. Uh, they've been they've been given carte blanche too long. They've lived in this bubble for far too long, and I, I think they need to start getting called out themselves and and put on blast to show this is what they you know in their little bubble they may think they're tough, but out in the real world they're pretty pathetic. So uh, you know that was the some of the news for today. There, there were hearings all across Washington and Capitol Hill where you had the director of the FBI, you had the sec- secretary of Homeland Security, you had the defense secretary, and trying to watch them all because they were all in different locations. And they really should have been combined into one because uh, what really came out of it is that we are at severe risk of someone doing something here at home as far as you know, a Hamas supporter or a homegrown terrorist or somebody that's been radicalized from what's going on in the Middle East that's here or someone that came here or domestically, you know, someone who's from here who's just been so in uh, entrailed in what's going on there and angered by it that they'd lash out and do something. The FBI director, the head of the, the Homeland Security, even the defense secretary said we are at, our, we are at the a heightened risk here in our homeland for something to happen. So if you take anything away from what happened uh, in Washington with that today, that would that would be it. So I figured to break it up what uh, what's going on today. I pulled up these 10 creepy urban legends from Pennsylvania. Uh, not for the faint of heart, it says. So these are urban legends, storytelling, folklore that's based in a little bit of fact and, you know, I'm sure some fiction thrown in, but... Figured it would break it up a little bit, see what we're doing. But the first one on the list is the Seven Gates of Hell in York, Pennsylvania. And these were all in Pennsylvania. And as the legend goes, an insane asylum once resided in the wooded area of Hellam Township that burned down one faded night. Through many patients uh, perished in the flames, many also escaped into the surrounding area. Releasing its occupants into the surrounding area, seven gates were built to trap the wandering inmates. The myth states that today, only one gate is visible by day, although all seven are visible by night. And that any person who passes through all seven gates will go directly to hell. In reality, the insane asylum was never existed in the area, and only one gate was built by a local doctor. But this is a very creepy uh, Pennsylvania lore from the area of York, where this seven gates of hell is, is stated. And they have uh, pictures. Where it actually shows two gates. But um, people go there, you know, of course, on Halloween. The next uh, we have is the the Green Man from Pittsburgh. And this is based in a little more fact. Uh, this uh, legend turned out to be true. Residents of the South Park area near Pittsburgh during the 1950s often spotted a strange figure walking along Route 351 at night. The figure was a man without a face who allegedly admitted a greenish glow. Locals were frightened by his shocking appearance and his nocturnal habits. The man, in all reality, is named Roy, Ray Robinson, and he'd been severely electrocuted as a child and lost most of his facial features. He only came out at night due to his disfigurement. Uh, though in reality, he did not emit a glow of any sort, of course. You know, he was actually a really nice guy who would, uh, would chat with anyone who approached him, though this did not prevent some passers from treating him cruelly or the community from fostering ghost stories about his misfortune. And it's, uh, you know, another Pennsylvania folklore that's based on a little bit of truth. But you figure about it. You know, he was severely disformed. He only came out at night. 
And this is back in the 1950s in uh, the Pittsburgh area. It was the Green Man. Then you have the Blue Mist Road in Pittsburgh. The Blue Mist Road actually named Irwin Road and is located in the North Hills area of Pittsburgh. A variety of urban legends populate the spooky stretch of road that's said to be shrouded in a blue mist by night. Two lovers' headstones in an adjacent cemetery are said to touch under the full moon. An old building foundation is said to be the home of the witch. And another house is said to be the home populated by uh, little people who will chase visitors. A half-dog, half-deer, half-human is also said to live in the woods and will chase or harm any person who creeps too far into this territory. People who have traveled through Blue Mist Road in the hopes of finding these ghostly entities have mostly found disgruntled residents who just get off my yard type thing. And the fog in the area that's prevalent because it isn't a valley does omit a blue haze when there's any sort of moonlight. So, you know, that's where that kind of comes from. Constitution Drive here in Allentown, yet another haunted road. Constitution Drive is a gravel road in a quiet part of Allentown that has a steep drop-off on one side and train tracks on the other. It's said that a man was struck by a train one night while walking his dogs, severing his legs and leaving him to perish over the course of a few days in the deserted stretch of the road due to the deep embankment. Since, passers have reported seeing paw prints and single footprints in the snow left by the ghost of the man and his dogs. Legend also claims that the surrounding woods sometimes emit a soft whistling sound and that the area is populated by tiny pale-skinned people with red eyes. In reality, a man who lives on the road owns a small potbelly pig farm, which probably explains the Albano goblin thing. So, again, another... uh, Real incident that took off. There's a bus to nowhere in Philadelphia. A bus to nowhere might sound like a a song you've listened to somewhere during your life, but it's really a mass transit transportation of Philadelphia for the lost and hopeless. It's said that the bus only appears to those left truly distraught and alone by the most tragic circumstances imaginable. If, uh, Your wife took your retirement savings and ran off to California with Brad Pitt, or your cat ate your children while you were asleep, or something like that. The bus to nowhere would come to you. Passengers on the mystical bus sit two dazed by misery to interact or even look at the other passengers. Now, this is something else based in truth. During cold weather, the metro system in Philadelphia actually runs these buses that really don't go anywhere. They just go in big circles where people take the bus because they have nothing else to do. They have nowhere else to go. So it's sort of the way it's made to sound sort of like a mobile homeless shelter type thing. So, uh, you know, this is the first five on this uh, from Pennsylvania. Now we have some more we got get into later. The Devil's Road in Chad's Fort Township, Pennsylvania. Wildwood Cemetery in Williamsport, the Goblin of Easton, the Storm Hag of Erie, uh, the House on Ridge Avenue in Pittsburgh. Those are some of the others we might get into. If you know any of those locations, if you've ever been to them or heard about it, you can call or text at 570-883-0098. It's interesting when I was up, you know, talking about how these half-truths, you know, and they take on this legend and they kind of go from there, this folklore. You know, we were fishing up in the Great Lakes. We often did during during the summers and, and early fall up there. And uh, 
there's something cold on the river, on the lake. They're, they're, they're truly big if you've ever been to the Great Lakes, especially, uh, you know. There's something called atmospheric bounce. So it looks like boats float in the sky. It looks like there's a city floating in the sky because, because the atmosphere and the water, you get this at- atmospheric bounce where you're actually seeing a city hundreds of miles away on the other side from Canada that's reflecting off the clouds and the water. And it looks like it's in front of you. It looks like it's floating out there. And I've seen this for myself. We've seen it. You, this was kind of before cell phones, so never got a picture of it. But there are pictures of this out there where it looks like ships are hovering, you know, 30, 40, 50 feet in the air. And that's what that is. And I've seen this up in the Great Lakes, Lake Ontario specifically. Lake Erie is another one we've seen it. And it happens under different atmospheric conditions. But, you know, that's something that you can take, you know, make it a ghost ship, make it whatever you want. But these things, uh, you know, have a little truth to them, and then they run their own their own path. It's uh, 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after this. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 326 here, 48 degrees on this Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. Got a lot of text messages about the Suskin Screamer here in West Pittston. Where if you uh, go up to the Black Bridge on Susskind Road, listen for the screamer. According to the legend, high-pitched, frightening screams, described as neither animal nor human or a hybrid of both, could be heard if you stop at the old bridge site, blink your lights, and honk your horn five times. It's right here in our backyard. Now, the demolition of the Black Bridge in the 1980s seemed to have waned it much, but uh, I'd still watch out for the Susskind Screamer up there if I were you. To uh, and, and I posted on my social media early, you know, I'm going to throw in some, some fun here and there today, being it's Halloween. But I put on my social media, if you truly want some scares, look at your 401k, look at inflation. And look at the economy. You'll, there's a lot to be afraid about out there. But uh, this here is coming a growing exodus in Pennsylvania. Means higher tax burden for those who are remaining. And what do I mean by that? There's a Pennsylvania silver tsunami, they're calling it, of retirees outpacing workers isn't only a population shift, it's uh, also going to drive up a tax burden. With fewer youth and working-age adults spread among the population and a larger proportion of elderly Pennsylvanians, the demand on government services is expected to increase in the long run. The burden of support will fall on a smaller group of taxpayers. The Independent Fiscal Office noted in a recent report on the Commonwealth's demography. The actual contraction of the working age cohort suggests the real per capita tax levels for the age group must increase to keep pace with the anticipated increase in demand for health care and other services. The problem isn't new. The IFO warned that the workforce problems on the state before, and Treasury Stacey Garrity warned long-term budget shortfalls in March. But it's a wake-up call for legislators as they consider the state budget and the governor works on a master plan for aging in the Commonwealth. The IFO expects population growth to be flat in the near term and fall slightly in the long term, but the number of school-aged children are expected to fall 3.2% in the near term and 3.5% in the long term. 
as are the numbers of working age adults, 2.7% in, in the near term, 1.7% in the long term. Yet the IFO expects retirees to go up 13.4% in the near term and 3.4% in the long term. And advanced age Pennsylvanians, age 80 and up, to increase 8.2% in the near term and 20.8% in the long term. Now, if you look at the map concerned with this, it truly affects central to western Pennsylvania, Lackawanna County, Luzerne County, Wayne County, Schuylkill County, Columbia County are all neutral in our area. But what's interesting is Montgomery County, Chester County, and the counties around Philadelphia show an increase in workforce where the city of Philadelphia shows one of the greatest decreases in workforce and burden on uh, elderly taxpayers. So it's interesting where it, it shows people of working age are fleeing the Philadelphia area and moving to Montgomery, Chester, Berks, Lehigh, Lancaster, York, Adams, Cumberland. And the only counties out in western Pennsylvania to see a positive growth is Butler County, Clarion, and Washington County. Beaver County, Allegheny County, Lawrence County are all showing a decrease. So if they don't come up with something here quick and uh, figure out how to deal with this, we're going to be in for some strange times. And it comes up a lot. It's come up in the past, and I could see it coming up again, where Pennsylvania at the present time only taxes earned income. If their majority of population is now going to be retired and older Pennsylvanians, you know Harrisburg is going to start coming after those things. They're going to start coming after your IRAs. They're going to start coming after your investments. They're going to start coming after your Social Security. Not just earned income because they see that well. And how many of us out there, how many of you out there that are depending on those investments that you made, you lived wisely your whole life, you live in Pennsylvania for a reason, maybe staying here and dealing with the weather because they do not tax anything but earned income, is that going to change your mind and maybe head somewhere that also doesn't tax those things? So it's going to be interesting, and if you know Harrisburg, if they see a well anywhere of taxes, they're going to go for it, especially if they need it, but in the... It looks like the IFO, the Independent Fiscal Office in Harrisburg, is saying that we, we have a problem down the road coming. So, uh, you know, I figured I'd put it out there for you guys. It says, uh, through the state on the positive side of net migration with estimates of 91,000 people moving in from 2025 to 2030, it won't make up for Pennsylvanians who pass. The IFO expects... 111,000 more deaths than births during the same time. So they're going to look at alternate ways to uh, tax us. And it looks like the pool that's going to be here and more prevalent is going to be older Pennsylvanians. It's uh, 332 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 338, 48 degrees and cloudy. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's go to Danny from Old Forge on the Susskind Screamer. Danny. 
Hey, Rob, how you doing? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> well, it, oh, that's we back in the day. I'm 64, and uh, back when that bridge was there, remember he had to blow the horn, like when you got to the bridge. Yeah, you had to blink your lights and blow your horn five times, yeah. I believe it said. Well, I worked in a restaurant, and we had uh, we played this joke on this guy, and uh, you know it was a friend of ours. Uh, we all were in on, it, in on it except him. So I had a dummy that looked so real, and I went up on the bridge at night, and they came up, and I dropped the dummy, and they hit it. The the girl hit it, and she like hit and run, and I put uh, blood out on the road and stuff, and the guy freaked out. And, uh, I, I would imagine so. So, for the for like a couple of days, we were uh, at work. We were like, "What year was this, know, Danny?" Uh, oh, this had to be uh, in the nineties. Okay. Uh, yeah, early nineties, late eighties. Yeah, and um, maybe even a little earlier. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> The year, but I know where I were. I worked at Tom and Jerry's, and we we uh we had a nice crew there, and you know we were, we were going to party. You know, we told yeah. him we were going to go party, and so the one day I, uh, after that happened, the guy didn't know he was like freaking out for a couple of days. We and we we had to tell him because he was ready to go to the police and stuff. We didn't want that. Yeah, but we had it. Uh, I walked in the one day with the dummy, like holding the dummy, and walked in and then. The expression on his face was priceless. <laughs> I, I'm sure it did. I wouldn't recommend that this day and age. I mean, for the pure danger yeah, back, of it. Yeah, back but, then, yeah. Yeah, I used to go up there. My aunt lived at the top of the hill there. Uh, well, my cousin still does, uh, right on the top of Susskind Road there. Uh, we used to go up there all the time and party. Did you have any uh, uh, weird experiences other than yourself setting them up? No, nah, nothing at all. We, you know, no. you hear a lot of sounds, but. They're, they're they're coyotes or something up there. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it, it was just a, you know, it was, it was fun. You know. It sounds like it, Danny. But I have to for, for this day and age, I have to put a disclaimer not to do that ever again. But well, there's yeah. no bridge no more. No, I know, but I, anywhere. I mean, that would that would. It, <laughs> it took some chances there, my friend. Took some chances, Danny. Thanks for calling in with that story. Right, bye bye. Have a Thank good you. One. Thank you. Uh, and again, I do not condone that don't do that or you cause someone to drive into a tree or hurt themselves or or you know and just have a heart attack and panic I, that would scare the hell out of me i'm sure it could do the same for a lot of other pieces i got i got a, a lot of text messages on the smurl house here again in uh pittston they they name it as the amityville horror house it was i believe it was the house that kind of was the model for the movie the exorcist uh, i know a little bit about it but I wanted to mention it here, the paranormal, paranormal hotspot. And it's interesting because I lived out near the Amityville Horror House, which was in Nassau County. And I grew up in Queens, so we used to take rides out there to see the house. And then when I lived out in Suffolk County, you know, my, my wife, who never had an interest to go to see it, drove her by it and show it. It's still there to this day, I believe. Uh, it's been years since I've drove, driven by it. But it was really a pain in the neck for the, the residents there. I mean, it was in a residential suburban area, so... With the amount of cars and vehicles that would go by and the things that would happen and people would get out well then there were no cell phones but take regular flash photography with it you know think about it if you lived across the street or down the road or next to it it would uh, truly drive you nuts but i just wanted to mention that another local hot spot here the smurl story um here and again i i don't 
if I'm wrong, let me know, but I believe that was used as the model for the movie The Exorcist, correct? It's uh, 343 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 346, 48 degrees and cloudy on this Tuesday, October 31st, otherwise known as Halloween. Uh, getting a lot of text messages in. Uh, Rob, I walked to school when the West Piston Smurl House story broke. Never went that way to school until the uh, walk that went that way every day to school until the story then went past it every day. Get it there. I got another text message in. Mossberg Cemetery in Tunkhannock is uh, supposed to be haunted. It's a spooky, weird place at night. Things happen like state police giving out underage drinking fines and trespassing citations. Happened to me 30 years ago, but I swear I saw a ghost before the cops came. So there you go. Um, the Smurl House was not used for The Exorcist. The Exorcist came out in 73. It was used for the Conjuring movies as per the body shop guy. So I do stand corrected there. I knew it was the basis of one of the movies that was out there. So uh, yeah, we'll see. A little more... Uh, here in Pennsylvania, a little closer to home and more serious, but just as scary, an infrastructure crisis is escalating in our public schools across Pennsylvania. And you think uh, you know, your school might be dealing with something where lead paint, coal furnaces, hallway instruction, classrooms partitioned with teetering stacks of books and supplies, students and teachers struggling to work in unabated heat during sweltering weather. These are all the images invoked by testifiers before the Basic Education Funding Commission over the last few months. Experts say this barely scratches the surface of the massive infrastructure crisis across the state. The BEFC, that's the uh, Basic Education Funding Commission, must identify the steps needed to ensure our public schools will, in the very near future, give every child the public education they are entitled to in the facilities they deserve without leaving the burden on local taxpayers, said a superintendent of the Salisbury Township School District in her testimony. Students who spoke before the commission in Lancaster on September 21st demonstrated the goodwill lost between children and the adults in charge with their care when school environments reflect that many say is a deprioritization of students, especially uh, our younger students. Now, each school board member has a fiduciary duty to these children. And I understand when you're a new school board member, when, you're, when you just get into it, you are, uh, you inherit a lot of problems. I do get that. But a lot of places here, and I, I know in my school district, you have generations of school board members that are still there and still there and still there. And some school districts are doing better at others than managing. I'm not lumping every school district into it, but you have a fiduciary duty. At what point, even school board members of the past, do the taxpayers, are they able to hold them accountable? I mean, they, they have a sworn fiduciary duty to uphold the facilities, to do the right things by the students as far as these. And if, the, if we're in such dilapidated shape as this commission is staying, 
shouldn't we go back and look at past board members and maybe hold them accountable for their bad faith efforts? It's time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. In the heart of Pennsylvania on a chilling Halloween night, a dense fog kept, crept through the countryside. In a remote abandoned farmhouse, a group of friends gathered in an eerie science to communicate with the spirits. As they chanted incantations, an unsettling presence filled the room. Suddenly, a ghostly figure materialized, shrouded in a tattered, blood-stained wedding gown. She was a restless spirit of Sarah, the bride, who had tragically died on her wedding day in that very house decades ago. With a mournful wail, she revealed her ghastly tale of betrayal and revenge. As the night wore on, the farmhouse seemed to come alive with sinister aspirations. Each one sharing a tale of sorrow and vengeance, the friends soon realized they had awakened something malevolent, and it hungered for their souls. Desperate to escape, they made a harrowing journey through the haunted Pennsylvania woods, guided only by flickering lanterns and echoing cries of the tormented spirits. As the night wore on, their fear grew and their hope dwindled. Would they make it out of the cursed woods alive, or would they become permanent residents of the Pennsylvania ghostly realm, forever doomed to haunt the very place they sought to escape? And that is the uh, legend of Sarah, the wedding bride. 355 here on WILK News Radio with the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Halloween. It's 48 degrees and cloudy. Let's see something else that's pretty scary. We have Max from Dixon City on Biden's press secretary. <laughs> Boy, Max, I how are you? you? Um, before I get to that, I have a tagline about the uh, the migrant shelters. Call them Bidenvilles, like they called Hoovervilles back in the uh, Great Depression. And and all this anti, you know, this anti-Semitism. Call it Biden speech. Biden speech, because it's clear and apparent that this press press secretary, whatever you want to call her, she got her job through affirmative action, whatever. She's not a very effective speaker, and when asked a direct question about anti-Semitism, she referred to Charlottesville in 2017. How dare she? Yep. How dare she try to put that on people? When she was asked about anti-Semitism, she brought up uh, Islamophobia. That that's her that's her mo. She she deflects. She she can't Absolutely. answer questions. She's not capable of answering a question. Well, it's a she's a coward, just like Hamas. You know that hides behind things like. That whole Biden administration, they're cowards, and the people that support them and voted for them, most of them, they're cowards. There's some good people that are brainwashed, but they're cowards, okay? But the problem is she won't identify by name and by race or creed who these terrorists are in America and abroad that have taken anti-Semitism to a new level not seen since 1938. And I think in this – and I'm a, I love studying history. This is worse. This is absolutely worse. And, and just by looking at what happened in that airport in Dagestan, we're here for the Jews. If that doesn't resonate with people who aren't even, I'm not Jewish, but I am siding with them wholeheartedly because I know after them they're coming for me. And you've already seen the Democrat talking points where they oh, it's Russia. That's expected in Russia. And no, it's it's coming from there. But... No, absolutely not. Actually, Russia is anti-Muslim. They mm-hmm. they look down on them actually, and um, but they've taken over a portion of the land that was originally Armenian or Christians, Armenian Christians. They all moved out and they left them there, and it's a cesspool. 
just like in our cities. It's a cesspool because good people are moving out and being bullied. There's nothing to be done against them, and they're taking over. And my whole, my whole thing is, you know, people in America that are real patriots need to organize, need to form some kind of coalition. I know it takes money, but there's got to be some, an, uh, a den, uh, an amendment or an adjunct to the National Guard because these animals, viruses, are going to be attacking us on the homeland. And we have to protect our homes and families. Well, and we can't do it alone. We're, we're already seeing a portion of that take place. We're seeing, you know, academia be defunded by these huge donors that have blindly given money to to, to help portray this. And now they're seeing what their money has gone to. So, um, you it's know, an we're... disgrace to academia and the, and the teachers unions that are supporting this. Shame on you. If you support this critical race theory and all this brainwash Propaganda well, Max, I have some good news for there. Too. Homeschooling is the largest gr- growing industry in education in America. I, I just saw a study on it. I'm getting the information yeah. on it to talk about it. But homeschooling has risen dramatically where uh, your public school is last after private school and, uh, and homeschooling. How about, how about charter schools? I'm actually looking into uh, a, a finance group maybe to actually – start a charter school independent of, of this uh, curriculum thing is they have to go and, through your school district to get approval so i'm up against right. the break max but that that's, right. that's your roadblock with that but charter schools are an option as well all right thank you thank you max it's uh four o'clock here on wilk we'll be back with uh tuesdays with tommy when we come back